It's time to lead the people. The show for aspiring leaders at every level. If you want to boost your self-confidence, get noticed, and maximize your impact by leading others, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Matt Pepsel. Ready to lead? Follow me. A lot of people are promoted into leadership roles without having the capacity or the, or the competency to lead humans well. That was Marcel Schwantes. Marcel is the founder of Leadership from the Core. He's an international speaker, a leadership coach, and a columnist. He attracts more than a million and a half readers through his thought leadership contributions every month. My conversation with Marcel centered on servant leadership, a truly people-first approach to leadership. Let's listen in. Thanks, Marcel, for being here. I first saw you when I was on LinkedIn, and I saw you had promoted a podcast episode for your Love in Action podcast. And I remember when I first listened to the episode, it was a uh, it was a review you had of Ruthless Consistency with Michael Canick. And uh, your compassionate approach that you took on the podcast, everything that Love in Action is all about, the empathetic and people first uh, view that you take, it, it just really super it resonated with me. And so I just can't thank you enough for being on the show and let me uh, and, and the audience learn a little bit more about you and, and your work. I appreciate that. So let's go ahead and get started right off the top. How would you describe your leadership approach and, and how did it come to be? I'm going to have to flash back to, uh, gosh, 2005. And I was working at a hospital. I was uh, an HR guy moving up the ranks in HR management. And, um, and that was one of the worst jobs in my professional career. In fact, it was so bad that, uh, and so toxic that it ended me in ER with, uh, there was so much stress going on, so much cortisol flowing in my body, Matt, that my physician said that my back, uh, literally just broke, not broke, like, you know, in a, my, in, in a, in a, my spine broke. No, not in that sense. But when you have so much, so much, so much of that, the, the bad, uh, hormones flowing through, you know, things happen. And so I was, I was on disability for one month, could not move. Um, and I started to read a lot of books and I stumbled into server leadership. Um, and I, at that point, I'm like, this is the, the exact, exact opposite of what I'm experiencing, uh, which really led to uh, me ending up, you know, in disability. It was because of the overwhelming um, fear-induced environment that I was in and the, and the managers that I, was, that, that I reported to at that time. So the next job after that, so I left that company. I did complete my, uh, it was a two-year gig. I completed my my assignment next next company my boss was the complete opposite and he was a servant leader and then the pieces begin to fit i'm like wait a minute i i just i'm reading on the theory and the practice side of 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 servant leadership and here comes this this person that fits the model and i'm experiencing it for the first time in my professional career at that point you know i i was maybe 10 years in you know out of college and uh, and so that began my true exploration because now I had I had a reference point to say, hey, this is, isn't just pie in the sky stuff. There are people out there that actually aspire to lead this way, and it leads to results because that elevated my game. And so I would I, w- I would have ran through wall for that man. And so my performance was at an all time high because I love coming to work and I love working for him. So naturally. 
um, that led to really good things. So, so then I, I started to lean on that as my leadership approach. And that's when I began to develop it as not only my way of leading others, but also my way of teaching and coaching leaders to do it as well. Wow. What, what an amazing turnaround then to experience the, the devastating effects of the, the wrong style of leadership, not only just to recognize what you didn't like and what you didn't benefit from personally, but then to be able to be exposed to it in the form of that servant leader and start to, to have that, that turnaround. That's remarkable. Yeah. So now servant leadership, in terms of, of you're now working with other leaders and trying to help them bring servant leadership techniques to their organizations, and we'll talk about the benefits in just a minute, but what sort of tools or techniques do you use with leadership teams if they say, hey, you know what, I want my people not to experience the type of uh, crappy experience you had. I want <laughs> to have the same sort of resonance you know, with, with our leadership style and, and do well by them. How, what sort of tools and techniques are we looking at here? Well, the first thing that I always do, that I always do with with my clients is basically we need to assess current reality against the the high bar of servant leadership. So, you know, I bring in assessment tools. I bring a lot of interviews to um, to how I diagnose organizational health, if you will. And so, one of the one of the actual tools is a real tool. It's the organizational leadership assessment, or the OLA. Uh, which assesses all tiers of an organization, the, the top level, you know, which is the executive team, that middle operational level that can include a supervisor, a middle manager, a director, and then people down on the floor that report to. Uh, so we, we want to get perceptions, right? Because I think that uh, that uh, begins the process of self-discovery. Um, and, uh, and speaking of another tool, so now that we have something that we, ha that we can work with, uh, then we can fill in the gaps, and uh, and self awareness is is something that I teach as a tool or a technique through coaching, um, because we have to bring our blind spots to the surface, and and that really causes us to have to hold up the mirror. Um, but usually the 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 leaders that are most um, open and humble enough to do that. They not only become my best clients, but they also transform themselves to become the best leaders. So mm -hmm. a couple of examples. And, you know, the, another tool that I bring to the table is journaling. Uh, because in journaling, you bring up emotions to the surface. And we cannot uh, fix problems unless we know how we feel about what's going on in order to do something about it. So that's, again, addressing the blind spots. So... Those are just a few examples. There are many, many, many other tools and techniques that I use um, in coaching and, and in my training course and, uh, you know, in, in speaking engagements. But I think that the point of all of this is that is that you want to break the barriers that uh, cause you to want to discover more about yourself, that, that keep you from wanting to discover more about yourself, how you, why you feel the way you do, what are some of the things that you know, cause, um, maybe cause some anxiety in you a while. Let's investigate, investigate that. Uh, even, you know, the, the pandemic brought extreme anxiety and stress and burnout to, to leaders. And so I always start, the starting point is always this question. How do you feel right now? Okay. That question requires an honest answer. And in that honest answer, now we can do some really good work together. 
There's so much great stuff in there. I love how you started off talking about the what I call leaders at every level, right? So it's not just for the executive or the C-suite. It's for the supervisory all the way, first line managers all the way down to individual contributors who are aspiring leaders in, in most, oh, yeah. most cases. And, and I love also the example about self-awareness. Without awareness, there can't really be any change. So the fact that you've got you know formalized tools to be able to do that and and really shine that light. And, and, and maybe your experience might be, have you seen any any reservations or any differences between senior leaders all the way down to individual contributors about receptivity to being self-aware and, and increasing self-awareness that way? The higher up you go up the chain, the less likely you want to um, to kind of break through the barriers of, of, of you know what's holding you back. And usually that's and the, the case there is that, you know, you think you have the answers already. So uh, people at lower ranks are, are probably more, more, um, they, they might lean more on their emotions to try to under, figure things out and understand and get support and get help. Um, but, you know, that I, I do have lots of clients that are senior leaders and executives that uh, once they understand that they have to remove the mask and that uh, they have to get vulnerable, uh, again, that's when the real work happens. Hmm. I think that, you know, you talk about individual contributors and, and some of those first line leaders, they tend to be earlier in their careers. And I, I think that that's a time of exploration. You know, you come out of school and you, you're now in a, a work environment, maybe you've been two, three years on the job and you start exploring like, what, what am I really all about? And how am I feeling and, and responding? What type of leader do I want to be? So I think a lot of my listeners are in that that, that era right now of trying to say, you know, I'm, I know I want to lead, but what does that really mean? Uh, so yeah. I really love the example of, of self-awareness in that way. Yeah. And I also caution one more thing, Matt, that a lot of people are promoted into leadership roles without having the, um, the, the capacity or the, or the competency to lead humans well. And so they may be an individual contributor who's a high performer and they get put into a management or a leadership role because of that. Uh, and then they, continue to move, move up the ladder without really having learned the proper leadership skills that create high performance in others. And so you may have a toxic leader that is extremely successful, but when you look at the top line or when you look at the um, turnover of rate or the engagement scores, you know, things point back to that leader, even though his performance may, uh, you know, may, may be, um, seen as by others as, you know, hey, that person's got it all together. But I've seen that a lot of high performing leaders, they might be brilliant in things like innovation and strategy and development. But on the people side, you know, there are bodies falling all over as you as you turn around. So. So then, you know, the other thing that you had mentioned in there was journaling. And I have this this love. It's not a love hate relationship. I just have had a scattered history. Let's call it with journaling. I've seen examples, uh, Jim Rohn wrote extensively about how to keep a journal and gratitude journaling. And I've tried it many times, but hasn't really stuck so much for me, despite my, my best attempts. Any tips you'd have about how to actually uh, develop the habit and stick to it when it comes to journaling? Well, the biggest, the biggest um, obstacle right now, Matt, I think, is that uh, we, we just can't turn off our minds. We're distracted. And we got all these little cool gadgets and devices that we can't turn off. So I think that that's the first obstacle in the way is to just sit in quiet, sacred space. I, and when I say sacred, I put that in quotations mark, quotation marks. I don't mean religious in a religious sense, but sacred space to you that it is time where you're not interrupted, the, where you know the kids don't come and interrupt you. And uh, 
um, and the dog's not barking and, uh, the, you know, and, and so this is your own time. So, and then the next thing is, 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 is just to get you in a, in, in a state of mindfulness. So you're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about the, the past. You are dedicating that time for journaling on the present moment and, uh, and the thoughts that you have. And then the other, the other thing that I would, uh, um, that I would advise is to have a goal for your journaling so that your thoughts are not all over the place and stream of consciousness. And that's not the point of, of journaling. You want to have a question that needs to be answered, right? And then explore your thoughts around, around that, that theme, that goal, that question, or that problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and then write it out in, as you would, in story form, as if you're having a conversation with yourself or with someone close to you. You can have it in first person or in third person. And, uh, um, and then explore your thoughts as they come to you and, and write it down. And the, the cool thing about journaling is that, you know, two days, three days from now, you can refer back and, and, and add thoughts to it because you may have already experienced a breakthrough. And so you want to follow up on your journal two days later and, and, you know, add current perspectives because you might've already had the answer found. So those are great tips. Great tips. I'm going to try it again. I'll have to try it again. I love it. I think uh, I can imagine some of the results focused leaders. I'll be generous and call them that the kind that you may have worked for in the past that might be a little skeptical when you come in, we talk about let's raise self-awareness. Let's talk about journaling and some of these other techniques and even servant leadership itself. So let's t- let's shift our attention a little bit to the results. So if I'm an organizational leader and, and let's say that we're trying to make the case of, of bringing servant leadership to leaders at every level of our organization, because it is going to produce some sort of a business outcome or some sort of transformation that's better for our people. How do you frame up those results and how do you look to make sure that uh, you know, you're helping clients deliver those? Yeah, um, how I help clients to, to deliver those, I think you touched on something that's very important is that th- there's got to be a, a champion at the top, right? So the buy-in has to be there. I don't accept any um, uh, any client engagements unless the whole executive team is on board with the premise and, and philosophy of servant leadership. Because it's such a, um, it's such a counterintuitive sort of upside-down model of, of doing doing business that uh, you might have somebody that it's going to push back. Well, that's not a good case to come into if you want to improve morale and get, you know, and get more of a, a, a team oriented environment going. So yeah, start at the top. Once you have, you, once everybody's on board, then you start trickling that down. You you know you create some value for a, a pilot group that and 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 say okay we're going to start with you know this management team of ten to twenty say let's call them sales sales managers right and uh, and make sure that there's buying there so that there's clear expectations so um, those sales managers understand that this wasn't something that was just like dropped out of a helicopter and. No, it, it has been communicated prior that this is going to be a strategy to help develop our culture, right? So if, if you want to do some culture change, some change management work, then people know, okay, oh, this is a good thing, right? Um, 
and uh, and then you start with that group and and you assess the 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 development of of you know all of the the strategies and the interventions that you're putting into place, and then you evaluate and iterate after that. So, and then and then the result side is I don't know if you want me to add, uh, if you want me to tell you sort of the the, the benefits or the impact. Um, of servant leadership, uh, speaking now to, you know, a senior leader that may be on the fence. So let me speak to that person and, and, and maybe answer the question, you know, what, 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 what's the impact for my organization? Okay. Make the business case, Marcel. All right. Well, so here's the business case. First and foremost, people have to feel psychologically safe. You know, Amy, the, the brilliant Amy Edmondson, I had her on the show um, and you know, she's written the books about psychological safety that, that is based on her, her research of many, many decades. So the point is that when people feel psychologically safe, uh, it unleashes human power to, to think better and to do more. So there's the business case for more productivity in an environment where people aren't looking over their shoulders. Or they're, you know, not walking on eggshells every day, wondering, well, what's going to happen to my my job tomorrow? Uh, and I think that um, the 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 biggest impact is that it leads to higher or more creativity and and innovation. And this is really good for those those um, environments where, you know, if you're in a product development. Uh, environment or in a, in a place of high collaboration where creativity is 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 involved, uh, psychological safety and, and uh, autonomy is outstanding uh, for eliciting those kinds of things. And I think servant leadership allows for for your workers um, to do just that, to have more freedom and more autonomy. Now, and that's not to say, Matt, that you are giving the, the, you know, the, as they say, the, 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 the keys of the prison to the inmates to run their own show. No, there are still levels of accountability and performance measures that you need to meet. Right. But, but that's so that, but you balance that out by giving the, the people to the, the autonomy to, and the ability to control what they do when they do it and with whom. And, and I think this is one of the fundamental elements of what intrinsically motivates human beings, which leads to better performance. And so, Mr. Senior Leader, there is your business case. There you go. And I think it's definitely not an either or. We don't have to say if I'm uh, taking a servant leadership approach, I'm putting people first, that it means I'm not going to achieve the business results. I think, you know, what's so great about your podcast, you've got so many authors and experienced CEOs and executives who have delivered mammoth results, but mm -hmm. they realized and they a lot of them talk about it early in their careers. They had a similar experience to yours where they realized I'm not on the right path here. I've got to change my approach. And yet they still put up the results. It's very yeah. important. Yeah, funny that you mentioned that because I just interviewed it. I've, in fact, it just got released uh, yesterday. So check it out if you can. I interviewed uh, Hubert Jolie. That is the former CEO of Best Buy. Incredible turnaround story. Every one of us has, has walked into a Best Buy store, right, and, and purchased something. Well, they were pretty much in the tank when he took over in 2012. They didn't think Best Buy was going to survive. And he told me that uh, most of the things he learned in business school and as a consultant at McKinsey and uh, 
in prior executor gifts, he says basically was playing wrong. And uh, and so he, uh, you know, through trial and error, he finally figured out a way. And through his leadership approach, uh, he was able to turn around Best Buy, which now is a very profitable company. So, yeah, he had amazing mentors along the way. And I know uh, on that episode, you had mentioned that he had uh, Marshall Goldsmith as one of his coaches. And he talked a little bit about Bill George. I, one thing is that I would encourage any listeners who aren't fortunate enough to be working as part of an organization that values the servant leadership yet uh, hasn't made the the full leap to putting people first. Listen to the podcast, find, educate yourself, take a people centric approach. And I think you can start to put people first and, and the results will follow as well. It's really a win-win. Yeah, it is. And the research uh, proves that when you take care of your employees, there's a direct correlation between uh, caring for your employees and how your employees then lift their game to care for the customers. And, and so that there's another business case there, right? When you take care of your employees, they'll take care of the business. I call this guess who I'm going to describe a leader from uh, history and I'm going to see if you can guess it. Okay. All right. So this is uh, from a, uh, some rando website I found. It was uh, the uh, 10 of the most inspirational leaders from history. Okay. So I got six seconds on the clock. We're going to go. Here we go. Let's do it. All right. First one. This is a civil rights leader, India. Um, yes. Uh, former U.S. president, uh, wear a big tall hat. Uh, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. Perfect. Uh, physicist, crazy white hair, wild. Uh, 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 oh, my gosh. Uh, it's Einstein. Uh, yes. Albert. Uh, talk show host. Um, she uh, has her own uh, uh, magazine network. Uh, she'll give Oprah. you a car, me a car. Yes, perfect. Oprah. Uh, uh, a British uh, prime minister. Uh, Allied forces, World War II, uh, never surrender. Uh, never surrender. Hill. Perfect. Uh, another civil rights activist was in prison for 27 years. Martin, I'm not, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, Mandela. Perfect. Uh, uh, one of the original tech titans, uh, Seattle. Um, uh, jobs. Uh, um, uh, let, let go of Mosquito at a TED Talk one time. Uh, has a foundation with his wife. Oh, Bill Gates. Perfect. Uh, another civil rights leader. Um uh, I have a dream speech. Martin Luther King Jr. Perfect. Uh, we're going to keep going. So, uh, 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 Nun, um, uh, Calcutta. Um, uh, she, uh, she is uh, fought poverty. Mother, Mother Teresa. Perfect. Uh, last one, a theoretical physicist uh, diagnosed <laughs> with ALS, was in a wheelchair for his, his life. Uh, theory. Uh, Doc Hawkins. Uh, yes, Stephen Hawking. Perfect. <laughs> We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> that, that last one really uh, threw me for a loop. I'm like, what is his name? I could totally see him in his wheelchair. Exactly. Exactly. Stephen Hawkins, leader. right? Yeah. Stephen Hawking. Perfect. Just perfect. That I was fun. You. you did great. That was awesome. We crushed it. Such good stuff, Marcel. I tell you, let me ask you this. Where can listeners go to learn more about you and to find your podcast? Yeah, the best place would just be my website, marcelschwantes.com, and then you'll see the Love in Action podcast uh, tab at the top. Very cool, and I'll include that in the show notes as well. Marcel, I can't thank you enough for being with us today and sharing your knowledge, your expertise. It's been a blast. I appreciate it. Here are my signature top three takeaways from today's show. One, with great power comes great responsibility. Marcel found himself in a toxic work environment and landed him in the hospital. When he later worked for a people-first leader, his experience and his results improved dramatically. Be a people-first leader for your people. 
Two, stay humble. Seasoned leaders may find it tempting to believe they have all the answers. It's important that you take off the mask and make yourself vulnerable enough to continue learning and growing. Three, safety first. When leaders give their people freedom, autonomy, and psychological safety, all while preserving accountability, everybody can do their best work and the results take care of themselves. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for making this investment in your leadership ability, and thanks for sharing this podcast with another aspiring leader who needs to hear it. All right, leaders, until next time, don't just manage the business when you can lead the people. I I was like, I, my, I had my game face on. I was ready. You're in the zone. It was awesome.